Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Bars. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Youth in Education podcast, where we explore developments in education, research and policy that affect young people, primarily in the UK, with a range of expert guests. This podcast is brought to you by the Centre for Education and Youth. Hi, it's Alex. Welcome to the podcast. This episode, I'm talking with Dr. Hilary Leavers, CEO of Engineering UK. We discuss the impact of 2020 on the engineering sector, new findings about STEM careers provision for young people, and how to support young people into STEM roles at present. I hope you enjoy the discussion, and thanks for listening. The Centre for Education and Youth believes society should ensure all children and young people receive the support they need to make a fulfilling transition to adulthood. Find us at cfey.org. Right, well, I'd like to welcome Dr. Hilary Leavers, CEO of Engineering UK, to the podcast today. Hilary, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I'm pleased to be here. Wonderful. And um, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your, your role and your background? Sure. I've been at Engineering UK for coming up to two years now. Before that, I was in research and then worked in policy at the Campaign for Science and Engineering and education and learning at Wellcome. But I'd always been interested in what was happening over in engineering, where um, I think there's a, a huge skills need and some real challenges. So when this role came up, I was really keen to get involved with it. Yes, very important at the moment, isn't it? We're really trying to push for uh, for people to um, be more interested in STEM, young people in particular. So it's, it's great uh, to see some of the work that you're doing. Um, for some of our listeners who are maybe a little bit less familiar with Engineering UK, could you tell us a little bit about your goals as an organisation? Absolutely. So we work to inspire and grow the next generation of engineers. And we work very collaboratively with organizations who share that goal. And although our focus is on the eventual engineering workforce, actually we're working all across STEM because um, those are getting young people into STEM is the first step of making sure that we've secured enough engineers within that broader sphere, as it were. And our work spans um, research and evaluation, so we understand the sector and its needs and what we might be able to contribute to um, increase the number and diversity of young people on pathways into engineering. We also engage those young people ourselves and then work with many others who work with those young people. Fantastic. Lots of really important work there. Um, It's been a pretty tough year, though, um, and I think um, all kinds of organisations have have met with a number of challenges this year um, with the pandemic and all of the changes we've been dealing with. How has 2020 impacted on, on your sector and on Engineering UK's aims as a whole? So the sector, like many others, um, was initially very hard hit. Um, There there was uh, a variation across different areas with some, you know, anything that was involved in um, medical and healthcare. Actually, the demand on them grew, but many other areas were unable to operate. Actually, we're seeing a lot of recovery and um, the sector as a whole delivering so many essential services and being such um, a key area for government investment is strong as we move into the future. 
In terms of our work um, to support the sector, we've had to really uh, transform ourselves. It's been um, a year where we've had to do things very differently, but in a way that has given us a huge opportunity to learn, um, you know, very specifically, lots of our work had been face-to-face and we're moving all of that online and it gives us the opportunity to compare those two modes of delivery so when we actually have a choice we can work out which ones are going to be most impactful in the future um but you know it's uh that that's a a good outcome from the year it would be ridiculous to also not say it has been a tough year and to recognize you know the huge impacts that this has had on many of the engineering workforce and in particular our focus the the young people and their experiences of education and their thoughts about their future careers Mm, it's a really tough time for young people isn't it i think um, the future is feeling very uncertain and particularly with some of the trouble that we had around the exam series this year. I think young people are are feeling maybe uh, a bit less sure of their future than they might have been previously. Um, You recently released a really interesting new report at Engineering UK about STEM career provision for young people. Um, And that report found that 76% of young people had not taken part in any formal careers activity since March when the pandemic started. And it all showed that while that 37% of 11 to 19 year olds had discussed career options with their parents, only around a quarter of parents from lower socioeconomic backgrounds actually knew what engineers do and felt confident in giving engineering careers advice specifically. They're pretty worrying findings, aren't they? And I think um, um, it does really reflect to us how tricky it must be for young people at the moment to look forward to the future and, and to make those decisions about where they want to go. Uh, what do you think we can do to address some of these findings that you've you've come up with? Yeah, so thank you for raising that. It is a really important issue. So the uh, some other elements of that research did also um, reflect uh, what you said earlier about the concerns that young people have. So six out of 10 thought that finding a job would be more difficult. Five out of 10 thought that going to university would be more difficult. Four out of 10 thought that becoming an apprentice would be more difficult. And I I don't think these results are surprising. They're sad, but they're not surprising. It means that young people are attentive to the environment um, that they are in. And what I take from that is actually they're thinking about their futures. And it does. We also found that many had said that what they wanted to do in the future had changed. So we have Mm -hmm. a time when they're worrying and they're thinking. And actually, it's so important uh, that they have really high quality careers information to help them think through their futures. And we also found that Many of them said that um, getting a job that would be secure and would be available in the future was more important to them than it had been prior to the pandemic Mm. and having an impact on society. So actually, there is an opportunity here to um, bring some of the truths around STEM careers to the messaging where we may previously been more about exciting people about the incredible opportunities that are across STEM and across engineering, 
um, actually just pointing out that these are jobs that will be there. This is, um, you know, a lot of those engineering roles aren't optional. They're not going to ramp up and down with the economy um, to the same extent to other sectors. So they have that security and they will be there in the future. And if they're looking for that in a job, um, then it is it's a good place to look. The other aspect of it is how we get that information to young people. And um, we just want to make sure that um, that schools appreciate the importance of the ongoing careers programme. So that data around um, the provision of careers advice, formal careers advice, I should just say was um, between for the period from March to July. So it may be that as schools have gone back to face-to-face delivery, they have been able to do more. And I really yeah. hope that's the case. We really do appreciate how challenging it is for schools at the moment and how many competing priorities there will be. But we hope that the careers information, advice and guidance isn't seen as the extra bit that you can get to when you've got all the learning established. Actually, if young people are worrying about this, we really need to bring it to the fore and help them work through um, their career options. And there's also really good evidence um, that those sorts of um, careers inspiration activities can help motivate students to work harder and to attain better. Yes, that's a really good point, actually. I think at the moment, having something to work towards is really, really significant for young people, isn't it? I think at a time of um, uncertainty, having a, having a goal that you can um, keep pushing towards is a really helpful thing um, to kind of motivate you when everything else is feeling quite challenging um, and, and unsure. Um and I think you're absolutely right. It's really important that, that we give young people those kind of that kind of information that can help them make decisions that that help them to feel they've got a future to move forward into. Um, we've kind of touched on two um, two different sources of support there for young people in terms of of this provision of of careers information, both the parents and and teaching professionals as well. Uh, I'd be interesting to know what kind of advice you would give to, to parents to start off with on how they can support children who are interested in STEM careers at, at the moment and might be coming to them for, for advice? So it's fabulous the extent to which young people do actually look to their parents for this sort of support and I think the parents are really know their children well and mm. can help play to their strengths but it's just very important that they are bringing um, good knowledge of the sectors to the young people. And in particular, we do find that in the general population, understanding of engineering is is pretty outdated, actually. I'm not going to repeat the stereotypes and make you think of them all again, but actually it is an incredibly modern career with huge breadth from looking at textiles to solving, um, coming up with engineering solutions to climate change, to securing clean food and water um, across the globe. You know, there are so many different areas where those that problem solving and creativity can be um, brought to bear. And mm. often the routes that people think that you take into engineering aren't accurate also. So I would just really encourage parents talking through these things um, with their children to, to work alongside them to research what those options are and not to bring 
preconceptions to that conversation. We publish right. a guide um, on a, a website we've recently launched, Neon, um, and it's found at Neon Futures, which is a parent's guide to engineering and can help structure that conversation with the, the breadth of opportunities and the different routes that are into the industry. And there are many different ways um, to come in. And then there are also some resources for young people to explore the profession themselves um, on, in the Meet the Future You quiz on that website. And, and there are many other resources, but I would say actually go out there, do some active searching and look for um, organizations that uh, you, you might trust that are in the sector and are drawing on really good evidence for what engineering looks like. Yes, those real life examples are so important, aren't they? I think um, we're probably all at risk at time to time of falling into a trap with those stereotypical ideas of what a profession might be. Um, I know certainly when I was teaching and, and when young people were asking about careers, I had to be really careful about um, kind of being aware of my own knowledge levels and making sure I wasn't sort of uh, giving them an outdated view from what it was like when I was looking for a career, for example. Um, and it's, you're absolutely right. And it's not just about actually what those careers look like. It is how you get into them and what the requirements are. And actually, mm. there were so many different routes into engineering and STEM for people who might prefer a more vocational pathway or work-based learning. Um, and I think sometimes people think that, it, you know, that of the academic route and going up through university in the first instance, and there was so much more than that. And it's so important to see that. And in particular, you know, the, the new routes um, opening up around T-levels and apprenticeships. Mm, I'm really glad you've raised that. That's really helpful. Thank you. I think um, uh, in schools, sometimes we can fall into the trap of um, seeing the kind of pathway to university as, as the, the main choice for, for students. Um, and I think, you know, to, to be a teacher, you have to have done a Absolutely. degree. And so um, it can be easy to, to, you know, be recommending the pathway that you're familiar with when actually there's such a lot of options out there. Um, what kind of advice would you give to, to teachers and, and, and others working in schools who um, want to share this information with young people and, and give them good advice, and particularly at a time when they've got a lot of other things on their plate you know teachers at the moment are tackling the challenges of lost learning and supporting young people's mental health and well-being after a really tough year what are some of the kind of most straightforward ways that they can get this helpful careers information over to young people so we've been working really hard to try and make this more accessible to teachers and we are aware that there was a multitude, in fact, many hundreds of organisations who really care about bringing more people into STEM. Um, mm. So one thing that we've done is launch this new website, uh, NEON, which lists STEM and engineering engagement activities and enables teachers to search um, much more effectively through what is available and compare them. And there's a really good transparency and quality control on the activities that are on the website and we've been working with all the people who are providing that content um, and we'll be continually updating it and in light of you know the current situation actually we've been putting up more and more 
online opportunities. In fact, when we first thought of developing this website, we were very much focused on face-to-face activities because we know how powerful they can be for young people. Um, But we have now got a very large and growing category of online activities as more and more organizations are taking um, the the really powerful elements of what they used to do face-to-face and looking at how they can present them online. Um, and it also, I think, points to some um, websites that can support with the provision of virtual work experience, which we also know employers are working really hard to bring to this generation. And I would just add, you know, there is so much goodwill and empathy um, out there among the providers and the employers um, in this area to really appreciate what young people have gone through, the pressures the teaching profession are under and to try and really work with them during this time. That's really encouraging to hear because uh, I think I know from from my experience things like finding work experience for for young people that really feels valuable and relevant can actually be really tricky sometimes or at least has been in the past and it's great to hear that um that there are organizations and and businesses looking to kind of reach out um to provide these opportunities to to schools and and make them easier for young people to access. That's really good to hear. Um, could you tell me a little bit more about what some of these virtual experiences are like? What kind of um, things are available to young people, uh, you know, at the time when they can't be doing things face to face? So when we launched the website in September, there were still um, quite a few opportunities for face to face experiences, and um, which may be less taking a whole school to somewhere and more just bringing someone into the classroom. And we hope that those will start to um, become more realistic again in the near future. Um, but in the meantime, there are many um, online opportunities that are being supported. And these may be things where we're encouraging young people to work more independently and come up with projects and competitions. Um, Mm -hmm. um, And those are really nice because they are then enabled to really creatively explore a problem that they are passionate about solving. Um, But then there are also more structured um, uh, projects where, for example, there's one about designing a city of the future and that gives people a lot of information and support to work in teams and to think about actually if you were designing a city from scratch with everything that we can bring to that at this time, how can we make it smarter, safer, more environmentally sustainable and and a place in which a community can thrive? So it's bringing a lot of engineering to that, but also and a lot of STEM subjects and also a lot of other um, subjects. It's a really interdisciplinary project. We also have some which are, you know, are more targeted in particular areas, for example, around coding or building robotics or using BBC microbits in all sorts of creative ways. Um, and then we have some that might explore a particular area like um, sustainability or how you might be able to um, explore wind power, for example. There's huge government aspiration investment in wind power actually showing young people the fundamentals of what that looks like, but also making sure they appreciate these, you know, again, it's an area of really important, impactful, um, but quite secure future employment, I think is really important too. Mm, that's brilliant. Yeah. And I think it's um, it's so important, isn't it, to kind of tap into some of these really forward looking initiatives, um, because actually what I've noticed, this generation of young people are really um, um 
seem to be really conscious of the the things that are affecting the environment around them at the moment and um feel really passionate a lot of a lot of young people seem to feel really passionate about the you know the changes that we need to make as as a society um and i can imagine things like um yeah all of those sustainability issues would really appeal to a lot of young people um and it's great to hear that there are there are ways for them to kind of try those things out and learn a little bit more about them because that's how you kind of really work out whether you want to do something in the future isn't it being able to experiment in that way um that sounds really valuable so I'm frequently reminded in this job just kind of (laughs) how inspirational young people can be not just in the projects that they enter into competitions or the work that they do during any sort of outreach activity um but actually in in what they're looking for in their lives. And again, in the survey we did, we found they, they already did really care about the environment or just making a difference to society. And what we found in our research is they said that the pandemic had made them even more wanting to have roles that would make a difference. So a third of the young mm. people we surveyed said that that was their response to the pandemic. They cared more about um, having roles with societal value and I think that's really important in knowing how we connect with them but actually recognizing it just as such a strength and when we talk about bringing this generation into the workforce actually bringing their values because they will then be empowered to choose the problems that the engineering sector and STEM works on in the future. And we should make sure that those problems are relevant for the future and for current society. Um, so I think there's a there's a really powerful thing there. Mm, yeah, it's really exciting. It's, it's really nice to talk about something optimistic and forward-looking at the moment. Um, and I think it sounds like this is a resource that a lot of young people will really need um, right now in order to kind of to kind of give them that that future focus rather than um, being kind of bogged down by the, the day-to-day challenges that we're, that we're dealing with in 2020, um, which we will get through eventually. <laughs> Absolutely, and it is looking brighter already. Yes. And, you know, that came from STEM, <laughs> I yeah. have to say. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's really important skills. Um, we know, sorry, this is, this is a slightly... Um, left field question but um we know that there's um uh been for some time a focus on trying to get girls and young women into stem careers more and we've seen some interesting progress in this area but obviously there's still more to do um what do you what do you what's your kind of advice in that area is there any work that you've done to kind of support um the kind of gender divide there absolutely and No, but it's part of that conversation about making sure that what we are saying about engineering is true. So actually the, the way in which that career is accessible to young people, whatever their backgrounds, whether they're boys or girls, or from whatever ethnic group they may come from, from whatever socioeconomic background, from whatever area of the country, actually anyone can move into engineering. And there is a real emphasis on that in terms of the sorts of activities and interventions that are occurring which um, comes through in two things, actually, people really being thoughtful about um, where they are 
putting their efforts. So um, making sure that we're not just going back to the same groups again and again and giving them more and more support, but actually thinking, actually, here is a group of schools who we haven't traditionally worked with. Mm. And, and why might that be? And and what groups um, of young people are typically in those schools? And it's often ones who are underrepresented in engineering. So some of what our sector needs to do is just be a bit more thoughtful and put a bit more effort into reaching those groups. But it's also about what we talk about and how we present things. And the idea that just presenting, you know, having one amazing STEM activity which inspires everybody equally um, is going to get everybody into STEM is, is a bit of a flawed idea. And whilst we have a multitude of offers out there, we need to do more to understand actually do they work as well for all the groups of young people and particularly those who are currently underrepresented in engineering. And I would just say um, that, you know, yes, historically there has been and there is underrepresentation of particular groups, but the profession and the sector is so sincere in its desire to welcome those groups who have been previously underrepresented yeah. and there are many reasons why they wish to do this um, one is like a, you know a moral driver around equal opportunity but another is really embracing um, the idea that workforce diversity will really enhance the sector's productivity and resilience and creativity and market insight. So we know that whilst we have a fantastic engineering sector, it can be better. And here's a, quite a straightforward mechanism to improve uh, the quality and effectiveness of its work. Mm, mm, it's a mutually beneficial process. Absolutely, absolutely. And what I would say I've seen oh, actually over the two year period in which I've been in the role is a gently growing emphasis on the importance of this aspect of STEM outreach and STEM recruitment um, and particularly post pandemic or no, post the start of the pandemic. We will be post pandemic one day, I'm quite sure. Um, but since March, actually, those aspirations have grown. People have really thought more about who they really want to support and reach out to and how they want to build that better to coin a phase. So I think there is a, a real emphasis and sincerity on this. Yeah. Um, it doesn't shut down the roots for the people who are well represented in engineering. It simply improves the access for the other groups. Mm, it's one of the um, one of the positive things that's come out of the challenges from this year, I think, is that um, we're starting to see um, both individuals and, and organisations pushing forward on some of those goals that maybe haven't had the same momentum in the past. Um, there seems to be a renewed sort of vigour for some of these achievements to be, you know, more inclusive or to or to change approaches, to be more innovative. Um, all of the digital strategies that we've seen are a really good example of that as well, aren't they? That whereas it's something that people have kind of been developing bit by bit in the past, suddenly there's been this whole uh, gear change in, in the kind of things that we're able to offer. And hopefully the outcome of, of the pandemic will be that we are actually just seeing lots more um, really innovative and, and, and exciting opportunities coming out that people have suddenly been motivated to kind of make, make them work. 
Yeah, and it's not necessarily straightforward. So we're actually putting a lot of effort into evaluating the impact of the different sorts of activities we do with different groups of young people, because there's still quite a way to go to understand why historically we've not been as strong on this as we should have been. Um, and as CEO of Engineering UK, I am getting increasingly challenged. You know, what are you doing to fix this? Mm. How can we help? Um, and it's the sort of challenge that I am extremely pleased to receive. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Um, it's great to hear that that's, that's a, an important focus for you. And so for any listeners who want to, to access the NEON um, platform and, and use this with students or with their children or or um, themselves uh, how how can they go about doing that is it is it a resource that they can just access at home yes yeah, so neonfutures.org.uk is where you can find the website and you can then just search for experiences by school or postcode and then there are different sections and there are career resources which um, teachers and parents can access and anyone who actually is delivering an uh, STEM activity with engineering content is welcome to reach out to us and we can see whether it meets the quality criteria and then we will list it for you um, and it's that that listing is free and it is free to use um, and if we want if people want to then save their choices, then they can register and we'll be able to um, support them more deeply in selecting and choosing the different activities. But it's it's free to use, out there, up and running. And please do come. We've had tens of thousands of users already. We're really pleased with how it's going. And I, I'd just like to say, actually, we should thank uh, many teachers who helped us in designing how we could um, have a platform that was most useful to them. So the information that we're presenting and the way we're presenting it really has been very well user tested and we have worked with uh, users to um, develop something that is as effective as possible. And we constantly welcome more so feedback on any experiences that people might have gone on and they want to tell us about how that went or anything that we can do to improve the website anything else that people would like to see on it because we really do want to work for the teachers for the young people wonderful that sounds really helpful and uh, we're uh, we're big fans of co-creation and, and collaboration at CFU so I'm glad to hear that that's that's working for you and yeah I hope you get some more useful feedback as well um and Looking forward to the future, what what are you hoping to achieve um, going forward over the next year or so as an organisation, both through the NEON platform and uh, more widely? I think it's been a real time of coming together. So in 2018, there was a government-led year of engineering where the sector as a whole was really collaborating well to reach out to young people and on the back of that, we have done things like Build Neon. And we have also recently launched a Tomorrow's Engineers Code, where the organizations who are involved in the funding, design, or delivery of STEM activities with engineering content, or just engineering-focused activities, make a series of pledges about working together to increase our impact. And it's going to be so important because actually, realistically, the resources are, are less than they were. 
uh, a year ago, and hopefully they will increase again, but we really need to be getting the most out of everything we do. Mm. And those pledges around inclusivity of activities, targeting, but really importantly, sharing insights. So what have we learned that works really well? And where are we a bit stuck and we could do with some support from others on how to do things better? And we're just at the start point of this shared journey. And over the next year, I really hope to see the impact of those shared learnings and um, tighter relationships, building coherence across everything that we do. And to get a real sense that we are reaching people, and particularly those underrepresented groups, more effectively than we have before. That's kind of the systems level bit. Mm. Um, Within Engineering UK, I'm really excited about the delivery we're going to be doing this year, where we've developed digital complements to everything we used to do. So um, we have a big bang programme. And one of the biggest impacts for us of the pandemic was we cancelled our face-to-face national fair, which um, many listeners will be familiar with. We had 80,000 people going every year. So it's quite a significant um, event for us. It's a huge STEM careers fair, very exciting, very engaging. And we cancelled it um, at the last minute as the pandemic was emergent. And actually, it was confirmed that it was a pandemic during when it would have been being delivered. We're looking at actually how we can deliver that digitally. We had one go in July where we looked at the STEM response to COVID and all of that. Um, Those sessions are online and we really worked to make them interactive with young people. And we learned from that and we'll be delivering more digitally over the coming year. Um, We continue to run the Big Bang competition. And that will again be digitally judged and and entered. And we have another couple of workshops and programs, Energy Quest and Robotics Challenge. And as I said, I'm really interested to see how we manage to convert them online. And then I hope that in the future we can really compare the two and weigh up in a careful way the the benefits of keeping some things face to face and delivering others online because there's obviously um online can really reach some audiences that would otherwise be hard to reach yes and suit just some young people better they feel more confident interacting online than they might do face to face but but it has other limitations for some people it's just not as easy to engage and we know a lot about some of the barriers to digital engagement with access to um, the internet and uh, an interface to reach it. So I think that we will probably end up with with a complement of both online and face-to-face delivery, but we will be better informed on which to do when and with whom. Brilliant. Yes, I think that's going to be one of the really interesting outcomes, isn't it, of uh, of this push towards delivering um, more content online. I think we're going to have some really um, interesting new resources and options available to young people that will complement the face-to-face delivery as it returns. Um, we've all worked out how to uh, how to work online in a completely different way now, haven't we? And actually, it does open a lot of, of new doors, which is great. And hopefully, that'll um, just, just provide more options to young people um, and in different areas as well. Um, it's really good to hear that you're you're working to develop that kind of um, spread spread of activity, and it sounds really exciting. 
And that's us, but also most organizations we know who were previously doing face-to-face are doing exactly the same. And we are sharing our learnings as much as we possibly can and have been from the outset, actually. I think, again, that spirit of collaboration has been there and you will see more and more of those online activities being listed on Neon as the weeks go on. Fantastic. I shall take a look myself and and maybe even have a go at some of them. They sound really excellent. Thank you so much for for telling me all about the work and and, um, how you got on at Engineering UK this year. Uh, There's lots of really exciting developments there that give us um, some really nice things to look forward to in the future and hopefully some, some really inspiring things for young people as well and ways to support the sector and um, teaching professionals and parents too. Um, it's been lovely to speak to you uh, today. Thank you ever so much for making the time and, and coming on the podcast and wish you all the best with everything going forward. Thanks, Alex. I've really appreciated talking about it um, and, and appreciate your support too. Lovely. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. We love making this podcast. If you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoy making it, there's a few things that you can do. One, subscribe. Hit the subscribe button in iTunes or wherever you're listening. Two, share. Share this episode with someone you know who will find it interesting. Three, review. Write a review or leave a comment. Also, feel free to contact us via the links in the show notes. Thanks a lot.